Today, let's read God's word of that great event, the story of Pentecost, Acts 2, verses 1 through 21. Just as the resurrection of our Lord occurred on a Sunday morning, so also Pentecost occurred on a Sunday. Acts 2, verses 1 through 21, page 1081, 1081 in your pew Bibles. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews. Devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound the multitude came together and they were bewildered. Because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished saying... Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians? We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others, mocking, said, They're filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, even on my male servants and female servants. In those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show them wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, that great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then let's turn to Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, page 1162. And we'll read verses 15 through 21. 15 through 21, page 1162. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise making the best use of the time because the days are evil. 
Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And we want to look especially at 18b, but be filled with the Spirit, distinguishing then between pouring and filling. Beloved congregation of Jesus Christ, when Jesus first announced to his disciples that after his death and resurrection, he'd be leaving them and going back to heaven? They were so disappointed and scared. We're going to be all alone. What are we going to do without you, Master? We're going to be lost if you don't stay with us as our Master and Teacher and Lord. I remember how Jesus answered them, don't be afraid. It's for your advantage that I go away. Because unless I go away, the helper, the Holy Spirit, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. If I go, I will send him to you. Sure enough, he went to heaven. We celebrated that Ascension Day. 40 days after his resurrection, he went to heaven. And what did he do? He told them, we read in Acts 1, just before he ascended, I'm going up. I want you to go to Jerusalem and gather and wait for the promised Holy Spirit. And so that's what they're doing. This group of 120 believers, they're gathered in the upper room. They're devoting themselves to prayer, praying for the Holy Spirit to come. And 10 days later, 50 days after Easter, 550, the word penta, Pentecost. Jesus kept his promise and he poured out the Holy Spirit. And it all happened so suddenly one Sunday morning during the Jewish feast of Pentecost. It was such an enormous event that it changed the church deeply, radically, and forever. And it's the reality that we enjoy today as the church of Pentecost. We want to see first the gift of the Spirit and secondly, the power of the Holy Spirit and thirdly, our need for the Holy Spirit, but be filled with the Spirit. But be filled. And this assumes that the Spirit has already been poured out and is here for us is ours for filling. So we want to look back to that in Acts 2. Be filled with the Spirit. The Spirit is the gift of God that was poured out on the day of Pentecost, Sunday morning. The believers are gathered together in one place. They're praying, and suddenly the promise came. The Father sent the promise, meaning the promised Holy Spirit. And here's how it happened. We read later in Acts 2. The Father 
gave the promised spirit to his son, seated now at his right hand. And then the son poured him out upon the church, upon the whole church. On that day, the third person of the Holy Trinity came down. Heaven opened, and God came down again. This time not in his Son, but in his Spirit. And that event of God opening up the heavens and sending down the Holy Spirit to earth to rest and remain upon the whole church, that was accompanied with three signs. Do you remember the three signs from Acts 2? What's the first sign? Do you remember that the Holy Spirit had been poured out? Anybody? Were you listening? Wind, right? Wind. Look at Acts 2. Suddenly, Acts 2 verse 2, there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. There they were in the upper room. It was a sudden sound. It was the sound of a downward wind coming down from heaven. It was a mighty rushing wind filling the room. And so loud, the people in the streets, the people in the neighboring houses could hear. The sign wasn't actually wind, but the sound of a wind. Nobody's hair was out of place. Sound of a mighty rushing wind. That's a sign of the meaning of Pentecost. What's wind stand for? Do you know? Power. Think of that wind, that Derrico that we had on May 21. Rushing across the land and snapping hydropoles. And many other things. Wind means power to do mighty things. Invasive things. Mysterious things. I remember, I'm reminded of what the prophet Ezekiel said. How the Lord said to him when he was in the valley, in a vision, in the valley of the dry bones, Israel is dead. Her bones scattered across a valley. This is a vision. And the Lord says to Ezekiel, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, meaning O spirit, and breathe on these slain, these dead bones, that they may live. And the spirit came, and there was a rattling sound, and the bones came together. And then the spirit filled them with breath, and they came to life, and they became an army. Power to give new life to dead sinners. Power to transform them into an army of God. Wind. Jesus describes this way the work of the Holy Spirit in John 3. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Sovereign power, mysterious power, wonder working 
Power, second sign. What's the second sign? Fire. Verse 3 of Acts 2. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. Now it wasn't literal fire. It was tongues like fire. As of fire. What does fire stand for? Purification. A furnace that purifies gold and silver under intense heat. Burns away the junk from the gold and the silver and transforms it and purifies it. So also the Holy Spirit came down as fire, as one big ball of fire, and then tongues came and separated to rest on each of them. It's a fire that spreads. And comes on each one individually and burns to make you new. The Holy Spirit's power congregation is the power to change. And we say so often, I can't change. That's just the way I am. Oh, but you can. By the Spirit. When it comes to sin... Putting away sin, bad habits, you can change. No, you can't, but the Spirit can work that change in you when you ask Him. And He will. Fire. The prophet Malachi described Jesus coming this way. And Jesus coming means both the cross and coming in the Spirit. But who can endure the day of Jesus' coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he's like a refiner's fire and like a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver. And they will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord. Not a fire that destroys, but a fire that purifies God's people. So they can offer their lives to the Lord in righteousness. First sign, wind, or the sound of it. Second sign, fire, or the appearance of it. And third sign, what is it? You see it? Speaking in tongues or in different languages. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And suddenly these 120 believers are telling the mighty works of God in Jesus Christ. What God has done in Christ, in his death and resurrection and ascension. But not in their own language, in languages they've never studied. Persian, Arabic, Swahili, Italian, Greek, Slavic, Egyptian, and many other languages, Persian. Oh, I would have liked that in school for French class. In fact, those who say they had the gift of speaking in tongues today, whatever they're talking about, they're not talking about this one, the Pentecostal gift. Suddenly speaking in languages 
that are current, that are alive, that people know, and you've never studied them, and suddenly you're speaking it fluently. But it was a sign of what God was now doing in his church, making us an army of witnesses to bring the gospel to all nations, all languages, all peoples, world mission. What a day. It changed the church forever. These tongues of fire, you notice, came down and rested upon each one, stayed. The Holy Spirit was poured out by God the Father through God the Son to stay, to remain with us forever. The third person of the Holy Trinity came down to make us the temple of God in this world. As Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Power to go to the ends of the earth with the gospel, to gather together a church from all nations. That's the Spirit's power, the gift of the Spirit. Every believer has received this gift on the day of Pentecost. He was poured out on the whole church, everyone. And if you want this gift, this amazing gift, to bring you to new life, like wind that breathes new life into the dead. This power to change your life so you're no longer living for sin, but for God. And this power to witness and share good news. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Come before him. Surrender your life to him. Ask him to make you new and he'll forgive all your sins but he'll also fill you with his Holy Spirit. Let's see secondly the power of the Spirit. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The church had been waiting for the promised Messiah for centuries, for millennia. Before Jesus finally came. Then in the fullness of time, God kept his promise and he sent his son. But sometimes we forget there was another promise the church had been waiting for, for ages. The spirit to be poured out. That was another promise. Isaiah 44 verse 3, I will, the Lord says, I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. Joel 2, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days I will pour out my spirit. are waiting for this because in the Old Testament the spirit was present but present in fullness only on a few select saints for office like 
rushing on Moses and, and Samson and David. And you remember that one time when God took his spirit from Moses and shared that spirit with the 70 elders so the 70 elders could help Moses in his work of leading the people. But there were two guys, Eldad and Medad, outside of the 70, who were also prophesying in the spirit in the camp. And a young man came to Moses. Eldad and Medad are prophesying. Tell them to stop. And remember what Moses says. Oh, would that all God's people had the spirit and all could prophesy. That was the desire and longing of the people of the old covenant all the time. Now finally, Moses' prayer and longing and the longing of the old covenant people and the longing of the disciples, the 120 that are praying in the upper room, send your spirit. It was fulfilled. And his power filled the church and every believer in it. In fact, Paul says, this promise goes way back to Abraham. Because in that covenant promise, in your seed, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Paul says in Galatians 3, it's not only the seed, Jesus, that's being promised. But the power of the spirit to have the gospel go out and bring in all the nations into Abraham's household that's being promised. Oh, this was an old promise. It's not just the Jesus promise that was taking a long time. It was also the spirit promise that was taking a long time. And God kept that promise. He always keeps his promises. His word is always true. He never lies. You can always depend on him. You can take him at his word. And here he comes with power like wind and purity like fire and witness like speaking in tongues. And he has never left those powers of witnessing, of purification, and of power to create life are still in the church, filling the church. You just look at Acts 2 see how all those powers are at work. Peter and the rest start telling the mighty deeds of God. The power to preach came upon them. And the power of witnessing to the whole group of 120. And the power of regeneration because as they preached the spirit entered into the lives of 3,000 people. And they came to life and they saw they crucified Jesus. And then the spirit of conversion, the power of conversion came upon them. They were cut to the heart. They said, brothers, what shall we do? And they repented of their sin. And the spirit of communion, because they gathered as the body of Christ and fellowshiped with one another. And that power still lives in the church today. It's ours through the Spirit, the Father and the Son live in us and make us their home. So brothers and sisters, that event happened once. Pentecost happened once. And cannot be repeated. That 
pouring out of the Spirit upon the church happened once and cannot be repeated. He came to earth to stay and he's still here in the church. Just like you can't repeat Christmas. God, will you do that all over again? You can't repeat Pentecost. It's one and done. Though its impact remains, its reality continues. The Spirit has been poured out. But there is something that can be repeated and must be repeated and must happen over and over again in every believer's life. Something that we need desperately. And we must pray for constantly. What's that? Be filled with the Spirit. And that's what we see thirdly. He's been poured out once and he lives in the church. But we need to be constantly filled and refilled with the Holy Spirit. And that's what we read in Ephesians 5 verse 18, that gift of the Spirit coming down upon the church in power must be constantly filling us and we must seek that filling. Ephesians 5 verse 18, do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery that leads to reckless living. But be filled with the Spirit. And the tense of that verb, be filled, for you grammarians, present passive imperative. So it's imperative, it's a command. Be filled. But it's a passive command, not a command for you to do something, but for, to ask God to do something in you, to you, for you. Be filled with the Spirit. He's been poured out upon the church. He's our possession. He's been given to us. And now we must ask God, keep on filling us with his spirit so that the weak may be made strong and the empty may be filled. Here's an imperfect and somewhat artificial explanation or illustration but I hope it helps us understand. A farmer has a tractor that constantly needs to be refilled with fuel. But thankfully, he's got a large fuel tank on the yard, and that provides a constant supply of fuel to refill his tractor and carry on with his field work. He got the tractor running on fuel that needs to be refilled, but you've got the supply, the tank on the yard for that. Well, Christians are like that tractor, weak and needy believers constantly running low on fuel. But thanks be to God, on the day of Pentecost, God poured out an endless fuel supply for every believer, and every believer has been given a fuel tank in his yard. 
so we can keep refueling and carry on with the field work. Keep on refilling or keep on being refilled so you can carry on with your Christian calling to trust and obey Jesus. Don't try to live on an empty tank or you will run stuck and fail in the Christian life. And this is often our problem. That's what Paul is addressing in Ephesians 5. He's saying to them in Ephesians 5, don't don't walk as unwise, but as wise. There were people running on empty and making foolish choices. Doing really dumb things that a Christian ought not to do. He's saying, walk as wise. And then he says, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. They would not be renewed in understanding the Lord's will. And they would do things not pleasing to God. And then he gives an example, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. It would fall away into a life of drunkenness and immorality and cheating and Stealing and lying, all those things are mentioned in Ephesians 5. So, what's the answer? Be filled with the Spirit. Your tank is empty. And you're not accessing the gift that has been poured out upon the church. So, be filled. Ask God to send his spirit to fill you. That's what happened in the early church. We read of the filling of the spirit already in Acts 4. There the church is being persecuted. The apostles have been put in prison. Then Peter and John are released and the church has a prayer meeting. Why? Because they're scared. They're scared by the threats of the Sanhedrin that if you speak any more in Jesus' name, we're going to arrest you. They're scared. So they have a prayer meeting. For what? For the filling of the Spirit. Lord, we are weak. We're scared. We're afraid we're going to cave. We're running on empty. Help us. Fill us. And they... They prayed for boldness. They didn't pray for the persecution to stop. They prayed for boldness. And here's here's God's answer to their prayer, Acts 4.31. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. And and Paul prays the same way in Ephesians 3, that famous prayer. He bows his knee before the Father, that according to the riches of his glory, God the Father may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. May you be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Are you using 
Pentecost in your life. Dear people of God, Jesus came to give you two gifts, not one, remember? If you believe in Jesus, you get two gifts, not one. If you believe in him, you get forgiveness. All your sins are covered. All your guilt is gone. You stand righteous, stand justified before God. His perfection covers all your imperfection in the sight of God. But when you believe in Jesus, you receive a second gift. He fills you with his Holy Spirit. He gives you strength to live the new life to walk in obedience to God's commandments, to say no to sin and yes to Jesus. And that power of the Spirit is there for me and for you all the time. That's his gift. He lives in the church. That's the tank on the yard for you and me. Every believer is given that. Believe that Jesus has forgiveness for you. In Jesus, there's forgiveness and the Holy Spirit. What awesome power. If you're weak, pray for the Spirit to make you strong. If you're empty, pray for the Spirit to fill you. If you're despondent and deciding there's no hope in this world, Pray for the Spirit to fill you with hope. If temptation is so strong, you're ready to cave. Pray that the Spirit will help you to say no. If you've been hurt and you're wounded, you might feel tempted just to stay wounded because it's easier just to stay wounded and not to overcome it. Pray for the Spirit to overcome the hurt and the wound so that you might be forgiving and you might rise up and go serve the Lord with gladness again and boldness. The Spirit has that for you. Do you want him? Maybe you struggle with impatience. I think that's probably true of all of us. Don't decide that that's just the way it is. Because one of the fruit of the Spirit is patience. Ask him to make you patient. Maybe you tend to be harsh, especially in stressful times. And you just get hard and you get harsh. Ask the Spirit to take that away from you and make you gentle again. And on and on. He's there. Jesus is there for you in his Holy Spirit. And God has for you in his spirit a full line of graces, every Christian grace, so you can be a bold witness for Christ. And a sacrificial servant offering yourself to God. And maybe you've just become focused on serving yourself and living an easy, comfortable life and I don't want to be bothered and I don't want to bother anybody and you're sort of happy to be on the margins of church life. Pray for the Spirit to get you out of your selfish rut and to make you glad to invest, 
to share, to serve, to love. And remember Jesus' promise. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Amen. Heavenly Father, we praise you for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We praise you, Holy Spirit, that you are willing and pleased to live in the church as our possession. We thank you that your power is an ever-present power for us. Thank you that that command be filled is a command, Lord, that's real for us, that we can go to you and seek everything we need to live in the Spirit's power for the glory of God. So, Lord, we pray that you will come to us in our spot of weakness and need and fill us and strengthen us to be faithful witnesses in all the world. Hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.